Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do the things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profits. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? My guest today is Melissa and Joss Ray. Melissa started Loveland Hemp Company in January of 2015, a wholesale distribution company that provides eco-friendly materials to green manufacturers. She grew up in Southern Colorado in a ranching and farming community. She studied at Washburn University in fine arts, photography, and she owned a photography business in Topeka, Kansas for a few years. Josh was raised in Kansas and also went to Washburn University and received a BA in social work and worked with physically challenged people. In 2012, Josh started working in the industrial hemp industry. They both are true industrial hemp advocates. So, Melissa and Josh, I want to welcome you to the iHemp Revolution. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Freddie. Okay, it's good to have you guys here. And Melissa, I'm going to start with you. Can you give us a little bit more background on yourself and how you got started in industrial hemp and just why industrial hemp? You bet, Coach Freddie. I just want to say also thank you for having us on the iHemp Revolution. This is definitely an honor, and we appreciate all the work you're doing to put out information about hemp and all its glory. As you said, I was raised in southern Colorado, and I do have an agricultural background. With my education in agricultural conservation, I see the importance and the need for hemp because it adds another avenue for a healthier earth. Uh, when it comes to our agricultural department. And honestly, that's where really the health of, of our people comes from, is starting with the earth itself. Josh, uh, how about you? Can you give us a little bit more background on yourself to get started here? Sure. Um, I first uh, fell in love with the hemp plant uh, in the Kansas fields and streams and along the train tracks uh, where, where you could find it. Um, I was later introduced to industrial hemp by a friend and immediately saw the the implications of uh, what I was trying to do as a social worker um, and what hemp could do uh, for for the purpose of those goals and uh, immediately saw housing as, as a really good um, way to use industrial hemp for our people and uh, and so far it has been. You guys have the Loveland Hemp Company, and that's a wholesale distributing company that provides its materials for the green manufacturers. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about your company there, Loveland Hemp Company, what its purpose is, and, and actually what is meant by green manufacturers? But basically what that does for our industry is it continues with our purpose to return hemp into a manufactured commodity by staying connected to the legislation, the farmers, the producers, and the manufacturers of agricultural products such as industrial hemp. And we feel if we 
can continue to connect all these people together, then we will have a viable economic future for industrial hemp. I'll, I'll add a sustainable future as well. Yeah. And that's a, a key component to uh, the hemp revolution, in my opinion, is that uh, we're looking at uh, sustainable economics as well as sustainable uh, production as well as a, a sustainable future, basically. You have the Loveland Hemp Company, and do you have products that you are distributing right now? Currently, Freddie, in the state of Colorado, we're only into about the second year of growth of industrial hemp here. And so what that means is that the first year, people were kind of trying to figure out where they were going to farm and what they were going to farm, and trying to get a hold of seeds was very difficult. Uh, the second year, they had some more seed stock, and so more people were able to grow some more acreage um, this last year. And so we just now started getting material in for production. When you have a first-year run of production, you have to figure out what the manufacturers need and what they want to try and use, and then you produce that good. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at right now is figuring out uh, what manufacturers would be able to um, you know, use certain products. And so, yeah, we have some availability, but right now it's kind of up to the buyer as to what the product looks like. There's, there's companies making things out of hemp right now. Where are they getting most of their hemp, and what kind of hemp are they getting from what countries? So there are two major markets currently for hemp, uh, one of which being the food industry, food and soaps um, and consumables for humans, um, and the other being fabrics and textiles. Um, and those two mainly come out of Canada, uh, for the seed stock for consumables and out of Europe and mostly China for the fiber right now. You invited yeah. me up to the Highland Park fire area at, just outside of Fort Collins, Colorado, way up in the mountains. And you and Josh were helping to build a 1,500-square-foot cabin up there. And I went up there. It was great. You guys did a great job. It was almost finished at that time in September. Can you tell us a little bit about that, that project? Tell us about that. Certainly, you bet. So like Josh mentioned before, um, he saw the viability of a sustainable future in building with hemp. Um, as such, um, unfortunately, a friend's cabin did burn down in the High Park fire back in June of 2012. It was pretty devastating up there. Everything was black, and the owner didn't think he was going to go back. You know, over a little bit of time, we helped him discover hemp and its viability and its um, ability to build a wonderful house. And he really got on board with us and decided to rebuild a cabin in the High Park Fire area um, on his property there. And we used timbers that had been burnt in a fire on his property, and those went into the framing of the home, and then we insulated that with industrial hemp. That must have been quite a project for you guys. Absolutely. I know Joshua worked very hard at the entire building. It was uh, quite a process, but we always felt like we were uh, building on something bigger than, than all of us, and it, it really 
helped with uh, all the hands and hearts and, and the people that, that helped us in the process and with the homeowner, too, um, to, to finally have it done. And now when you talk to the homeowner, I just got off the phone with him this morning, he uh, he doesn't see why we why we build with – he doesn't understand why we don't build with him all over the place. He's so happy with his house, and that's very gratifying. It is. And and for it to be, like you said, the the um, proof of concept, Coach, um, the, the thing we really set out to do with this is, A, first of all, to restore our friend um, to have so that he would have a cabin in the mountains again, and B, to have a physical structure that people can touch to see how viable this really is as a sustainable building product and how wonderfully it works as a quote-unquote green building material, um, I think that uh, it can just become a mainstream building material after some time, honestly. Here, here's a good yep. example too, Coach. Um, a couple nights ago, it was about 12 degrees up there, um, and without any heat on in the house, the house was still comfortable. I think they said the temperature was in the in the 50s or something. Is that is that right, Josh? But it was still comfortable with no heat, which is uh, pretty amazing to me. So we're real excited to to really conduct some tests and see what the thermal dynamic properties uh, are. But uh, for a proof of concept, we're we're very happy with that. As you and I discussed, both of you and I discussed when I was up there, is that my whole goal is to build a tiny hemp house, like a 14 Yay. by 14. Yeah, right. and I would like you to kind of walk through the process of a 14 by 14 uh, with kind of an A-frame uh, roof on it. Uh, could you walk through that process of using industrial hemp for that? We would start, just like any other house would start, with your foundation, Freddie. Um, you can choose whether you would like to have a rim foundation or a slab foundation. From the foundation, you would start just like you would start any other house when it comes to construction. Um, you would have your engineer and your architect approve your plan, and you would start framing on top of that foundation. The framing actually uses less timber in the construction of a hemp-insulated home. Um, the industrial hemp has a structural quality to it. Uh, we do not use it as a structural portion to the home, but uh, it does allow for less lumber to be used in the framing of the walls. When you have finished the framing of the walls, you put on the roof, and then you make sure that uh, your roof can hold the load of the industrial hemp through the application of your engineer. Um, once all the framing and the roofing is finished, then we move to electricity and plumbing. The electricity and plumbing do need to be completed before the hemp insulation goes in due to the rigidity of the insulation. So basically what we do, Freddie, is we run some sleeving all the way around the house. And that sleeving holds the electricity lines, and it runs it to each and every outlet um, that is required. That way you can remove and replace any wiring that you need to in your home, and it allows for uh, future changing of that electricity. Um, once your electricity and plumbing is installed, and the plumbing shouldn't really be installed inside the walls, 
Uh, it's not recommended. It can go through the walls and through the floors. Uh, once those are installed, then we start with the hemp insulation. And basically, we just put up a couple of shutters, one on the inside and one on the outside, and we pack this uh, hemp mixture into the walls and build them all the way up to the top. Once we finish with that, we can go back and we can cover them in many different ways. There are different sidings you can put on the outside. There's stucco on the outside, tiling, wood, uh, many different finishes that you can put there, and then also on the inside as well. There's a variety of finishes that can go on the inside of a hemp insulation home. Um, and that is just about it when it comes to the hemp insulations. Well, that's great. Uh, so what part of the hemp plant is used to make hempcrete? That is the internal part of the stalk of the hemp plant. So when a farmer farms his hemp, he grows it, and the very top usually has seeds on it. And that's typically what the farmer is growing for, that seed presses for oils, it makes foods, etc., etc. Underneath that, then, you have the rest of the plant, which is all the stalk. When that stalk is cured and dried, there are fibers on the outside similar to a bark of a tree, but it's much more stringy and makes a really nice fiber. Those fibers start to come off what we would consider the, the uh, wood on the inside, which we call herd. And that's what is used for the insulation. Okay. So and in the hempcrete, what I understand is, is, is simply the herd, lime, and water, that essentially hempcrete? That is correct. It is basically uh, a mortar-type substance. There is no concrete or cement in it. Uh, two varieties of lime usually go in, and those are uh, distinguished by your location, and that's usually best to do that way. And then water and hemp, and that is it. Oh, cool. And all over time ends up petrifying into stone, into one breathable stone wall. So walls can be 8 to 16 inches from what I understand. They can be as thin or as thick as you want them to be. I had somebody from Alaska contact me and they wanted 36-inch walls um, yeah. due to their location in Alaska. And so, you know, it's, it has an R value of two and a half per inch. And so if we think about it in building terms, uh, to reach a minimum R value for most homes in most areas, you would need seven to nine inches. And that's a minimum value. Anything thicker than nine inches will get you over the R value required by your home, sending you up into the quote unquote green standards of your home. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So I would probably want a 16 inch or more wall, just for the heck of it. <laughs> there you go. Why not, right? <laughs> yeah, why not? Hey, we're, we're putting together. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that would be my tiny hemp house, and that gives me a lot of information about that. So I'm going to start with you first, Melissa. What is the one thing that has you most excited about industrial hemp? And I would say all the things that can be made out of one hemp plant is just that's got me most excited, the one hemp plant. Yeah, I hear that from a lot of people, and that's that's what excites me also, too. But then I get down to if I had to choose from one of them, I would choose the building because of my passion for building a house out of hemp. So, Wonderful. And how about you, Josh? 
I think the biggest thing is for me is a to to have the freedom um, to be able to then b uh, get into this period of discovery and the the people in Colorado that we've met are are doing some amazing things. The Colorado companies that are already taking advantage of this freedom are, are doing things that I, I just never thought would be possible in my lifetime. So I think for me it's the discovery of it. Um, when when you start seeing plastics and biofuels and, and things like that, then, then you really start thinking it, it, it truly is a brave new world uh, in the hemp industry. And, and we start seeing the, the capacity and, and, quite frankly, some of the genius that, that we have uh, here in Colorado but all over all over the world, quite honestly. So for me, it's discovery. How do you see the industrial hemp changing our culture in Colorado and around the U.S. and other states? Well, Freddie, um, being a social worker and, and sitting down across the table with, with many families and discussing all the issues that uh, the socioeconomic condition provides. Um, it's, it's been tough. And to, to see um, affordable, sustainable housing, to see sustainable economics, meaning year after year we can replicate it, having, uh, having re- great results, to see that kind of reminds me of the hemp plan itself, whereas, um, you know, Proposition 64 in Colorado planted the seed um, we're building strong roots. Um, we are, are building uh, a strong stock, uh, uh, a base for it. And um, as, as we keep going, I, I see jobs along every sector, every branch of the stock, uh, whether it be building, manufacturing, whether it be um, food, nutrition, uh, so many different branches of the stock, and then a giant leaf that um, helps catch investment and brings economic opportunity um, to all these different branches. And so um, I see uh, quite, a, quite a parallel. Melissa, what is your vision for your company in the next three years? You know, the next three years just seems so exciting. I mean, so I think everybody's super excited. It seems like you're excited and everyone is. Um, you know, I really see us in the expanding agro industry, um, creating jobs and economy uh, with furthered farming, production, and manufacturing practices. And I really feel like if we can help our whole economy up here hone in on this, that we will just have such a huge success within three years and that this can really become part of our normal future very soon. What are you going to be focusing on, uh, let's say, in the next um, six months in your business? You know, I think the most focus that we will have in the next six months of our business is really going to be on the production and manufacturing side. That's really where this is going to all go because if we don't have people to produce and manufacture goods, they won't be out for sale for anybody. Well, listen, I want to thank you both for being a guest here on the iHemp Revolution. How can people find you? I know that you have a website. It's lovelandhempcompany.com. You have a web uh, email address, Melissa, of melissa at 
lovelandhempcompany.com, correct? That is correct. You can also see all the progress of our wonderful Colorado Hemp Cabin on Facebook. So it's www.facebook backslash lovelandhemp. And check those out because there's a lot of different videos and some neat things that happened up there. And, and you can kind of get the gist of the experience that we had in putting this together by checking out those videos and photographs. And I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes and give us a review and go to facebook.com forward slash IHAMP Revolution, like us, tell your friends about us, and help spread the word about the Industrial Revolution on Twitter and LinkedIn and how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and how it can provide long-term profits. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do the things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the IHAMP Revolution. Thank you, Freddie.